Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to Life with GDPR, a podcast where I work in conjunction with Jonathan Armstrong, partner at Quartery Compliance in London, and a well-known data privacy, data protection expert. However, first, as you know, the Compliance Podcast Network is always expanding, and I'm looking for new podcasts. Have you wanted to do a podcast but didn't know how? Take a listen to our sponsor this week, One Stone Creative. If you are enjoying this show, you might enjoy hosting your own. As an expert in your field, you have skills, knowledge, and insight that can help you expand your practice, meet new people, and create amazing content to share with the world. In as little as two hours a week, you can dramatically change how you promote, fill, and position your business, and One Stone Creative can show you how. Learn more at onestonecreative.net. Life with GDPR is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. Tom Fox back again with Jonathan Armstrong, partner at Quartery Compliance in London for another episode. As we are turning up here indeed tomorrow on the first anniversary of the implementation or go live of GDPR, I thought it would be uh, good for Jonathan and I to take maybe a look back at uh, where we have come over the past year. So, Jonathan, uh, first of all, uh, welcome and thanks for taking the time to visit with me today. Well, thank you, Tom. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah, and and, and you're right. It, GDPR certainly got off to a pretty substantial start in its first year. We've been taking a look at some of the metrics, some of the numbers from different authorities. We're in the middle of almost a reporting season where regulators are saying what they've been up to, how many staff they've got, what their backlogs are like, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Considerable increases in staffing levels across some of the data protection authorities. And that's no surprise when you see the number of complaints. The uh, European Data Protection Board, sometimes called the EDPB, this body that tries to coordinate data protection activity around uh, around the EU. It's not a regulator in its own right. It's a, it's a coordination body. Says that we're just under 150,000 complaints that have been registered by uh, data protection authorities. The exact number is 144376. And as far as complaints are concerned, Probably the UK is in the lead if we were to have a sort of league table. UK complaints are at about 19,000, probably slightly above that because we don't have bang up to date figures. Uh, France is probably next with uh, 11,077, then Germany with uh, 11,017. So a little bit like a couple of World Cups ago. Uh, France is just pipping Germany there. Netherlands is about 10,000, but even relatively small countries like Finland and Belgium are hitting high-ish numbers as well. Finland's just under 10,000, Belgium just over seven. So there's clearly uh, a lot of complaints running around the system. And some of those have been accepted as cross-border complaints, what are called IMI complaints. There are about 600 of those uh, in uh, March, and they're disproportionately with a relatively small number of authorities to deal with, Luxembourg, Ireland, the UK, 
because uh, Netherlands probably added to that list because a number of U.S. corporations run their EU operations from those locations. And these tend to be cross-border complaints, usually against the big uh, e-commerce operators um, or, or big internet platforms. So a high number of complaints. And uh, the chair of the EDPB is saying that about 950 of these complaints have reached the courts so far. And they can reach courts either because an individual says that the DPA hasn't taken action or they can, uh, in, in some cases, there are direct rights to complain to a court, for example, if uh, data subject access rights haven't been complied with. And we've talked about that in earlier podcasts. So on the complaint side, it's pretty healthy. Um, I wondered if you wanted some data breach stats as well, Tom. Absolutely. Uh, so you'll remember that there's an obligation to report a data breach to a regulator. Usually you have to do that within 72 hours. And there have been 89,271 breaches across the EU, according to the EDPB. I personally wonder if that's not a, uh, a low figure. Um, we know, for example, that the Netherlands alone had almost 21,000 in 2018, so 20,881. Um, we know that in the UK, as at the end of January, they'd got 12,600. Um, so we know that there are a lot of notifications going around the system. By the way, Germany's almost the same level as the UK. And uh, these are also consequential. For example, France uh, said that uh, in November that it had had 1,300 data breach notifications, probably a little low, but in October it had said that it had calculated the number of individuals involved. And even in October, the breaches they were investigating affected almost 34 million people uh, when combined. So there's been quite a big debate recently as to whether people are under or over-reporting breaches. My, my suspicion is that they're reporting breaches that more or less that the law requires them to report. And there was a debate as to whether the threshold was set too low in GDPR. Effectively, you have to report a breach unless you can show it won't lead uh, to harm. And, and, and that's quite a tough thing to do, particularly because, of course, the GDPR standards are tougher than when the first draft came in in that respect because of social media. You know, when, uh, when the first draft of GDPR came in, then it wasn't as easy to do people harm if only a couple of details got released because you didn't have the full deck for identity theft. But now with social media and the fact that's more prevalent, people post their, um, you know, you can work out people's mother's maiden name, their date of birth, et cetera, et cetera, from social media. It doesn't take much to get that extra, um, extra point of data that enables identity theft to take place. And possibly in recognition of that, we've seen 
quite a lot of fines in the security breach uh, arena. Um, uh, even relatively small authorities like North uh, Rhine-Westphalia, you'll remember that in Germany there's a, a land, uh, it's lander by lander, so local authority, not local authority. Even somewhere like uh, NRW uh, has uh, brought 33 fines. Uh, the Netherlands has taken action against 298 organisations who've reported uh, data breaches. Um, and so, uh, you know, we know that enforcement is up. Uh, Italy uh, particularly has also seen a lot of enforcement as well. So, um, so as I say, quite a big year in terms of the metrics. And I guess one last point to make is that regulators have also been pretty active in terms of knocking on doors. So GDPR has wider dawn raid type powers to make inspe inspections, to do compliance checks. And they're popular in some parts of Europe as well. The Netherlands has done quite a few. Belgium's done quite a few. Um, and even some of the smaller countries like Lithuania. Lithuania's done 75 of these compliance tests. They're particularly interested in organizations that are processing biometric data. So lots of activity, and we're likely to see quite a few more cases break in the next couple of weeks as well. So, Jonathan, this has been a great wrap-up of uh, the numbers. And uh, in a, another podcast, we're going to take a look at some of the substantive uh, developments over the past year. So I look forward to continuing the conversation. My pleasure. Thank you, Tom. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Life with GDPR. This is part one of a two-part episode where we take a look at uh, the year back of first year of GDPR enforcement. In this episode, we took a look at some of the numbers of enforcement cases. In our next episode, we'll look at some of the substantive issues. If you have any questions, you can email Jonathan at jonathanarmstrong at quarterrecompliance.com. Life with GDPR is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network, and I'm pleased to announce we're now part of the C-Suite Radio Network as well. This is Tom Fox. Thank you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.